Hello, I'm Derek Ray, and you're listening to the Scottish Football Forums podcast. Hello, and welcome to the 25th episode of the Scottish Football Forums podcast. This week we've got quite a busy show with highlights that Laurie's created for us, with highlights including his time in the podcast, my time in the podcast, the guests that we've had, had quite a, a number of guests, the highlights for the from the forum. We've also got the SPL review and the SPL preview. We're also going to discuss the, the best bits and the worst bits of 2011 in Scottish football, and we're going to discuss the, the hopes for 2012. So as usual, I'm joined by Laurie. Hello, Laurie. Hello, Craig. Yes, as, as usual. usual. Yep. For the twenty-fifth time on here again. Who thought we'd Who thought we'd get this far? Um, so yeah, I'm not going to add anything to what you've said. Yep. Just what Craig said. That's what's on this podcast. Basically. And it's a return from for the guest that, that was on the first and the second episode, and he comes from uh, footyblog.net. Hello, Scott. How are you doing? Hi. Good to be back. Uh, it's good to have you back, especially since you were on the, the first couple. Yeah, well, that's it. I, I obviously didn't ruin it enough. <laughs> and for a bit of a change, we've got a second guest this week, and it's Chris, who's been on a few times before now, a bit of a regular. Hello, Chris. Hi, guys. How are you doing? All right, glad to have you back again. Yeah, it's good to be back for the, this uh, historic podcast, number that's 25. That's Hi, Laurie was telling me it's uh, the, silver, the silver edition. So I thought the first thing we'd do is uh, take a listen to some highlights that Laurie produced for us that they look back over the, the 25 episodes and, well, hopefully you enjoy. Hello and welcome to the very first Scottish Football Forums podcast as we look ahead to the return of the SPL. I'm telling you, see the, see the script that I write out before this podcast, it's, it's well written. Yeah, I bet you don't show it to us. <laughs> Once again, joined by our co-host, Laurie. Don't sound too enthusiastic there. (laughs) Once again, hello. Hi, Greg. Hi, Laurie. I suppose if uh, it's Christmas, we must be the three wise men. (laughs) Ah, good one, good one. Maybe maybe one. It'd be horrible if we got to the stage that the other countries were looking and basically referring referring to us as a, a diddy country, if you like. Oh, don't worry, it's just a Scottish team. We'll, we'll get by them. Is that not what they say, though? Uh, maybe, in, maybe in Sweden, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> There's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. We have to get at least one Celtic fan on every month. It's a requirement. Hugh Keevens mentioned a golden era, and that, that's a quote. He mentioned a golden era of Caldwell and McManus at the back. <laughs> I, I didn't think I'd ever hear that. Yeah, perhaps, perhaps gold in the same way as a golden shower. I think that's that's probably <laughs> he's, he's trying to get out of there. I never thought that the, the subject of a golden shower would come up <laughs> on our podcast. I really did. I've got some horrific images in my head. And there's no stopping us right now. 
problem with Romanov, it's everything's a double-edged sword because for every point he makes, which you think you've got a good point, he says something which is totally stupid. Laurie, see when you seen him in the training ground with his training top on, were you a bit worried he was going to put himself in the team for the Pax game? This morning I was probably 80-20 saying he had been clipped, but now what? I'm Are you swearing. serious? <laughs> I'm swearing. No, <laughs> on, no I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. I'm... I love the new intro to the show. By the way, I think that's, uh, I think that's a ratings winner. <laughs> the ratings will go through the roof. Tell you, man, you're going to iTunes is going to be in meltdown. <laughs> Maybe get five listeners. <laughs> Some good highlights there from the the podcast, and. Next up, I thought we'd discuss the, the SPL games. It took place on Wednesday evening. And the first game up, I'd like to mention, is the Aberdeen Hearts game, which I think the, the weather impacted this one because it ended 0-0. And the, the highlights that i seen didn't look very exciting at all. Prediction-wise, I went for a 3-1 victory to Hearts, which is obviously wildly wrong. Laurie went for a 1-1 draw, so he would have got one point in the predictor. But yeah, nothing much to talk about in this game. I don't think it's... Seemed pretty boring to me. I think you're being kind saying it's just the weather that affected it. I would think with Hearts with their, their worst away scoring record in British football, four goals this season away from home. I don't think there was ever going to be many goals in it. <clears throat> and yeah, by all accounts, it was <clears throat> pretty dire. I think if anyone looked like they were going to win it, unfortunately, in the second half, the, the close, it was Aberdeen. But not really surprised it was 0 0. I'm just disappointed that I didn't go with that in the end for the Paul Band. Yeah, I. Fortunate, but we've always got we've always got next week's predictions to to win some money. So the next game up, which there's at least one one person here I want to go in in depth in this one, and that's the Celtic Rangers game, which finished one nil to Celtic. Prediction wise, I went for a two one victory to Rangers because I had my my blue tinted specs on. Laurie he went for a two nil victory to Celtic, which would have got him one point in the predictor. I don't know. I think. I went to see it, I was in the pub, I had a few beers. I thought the game itself was dire, especially in the first half, some of the, the high balls, the, the wind was catching it and it was farcical. And I just don't think it was a, a very good advert for Scottish football myself. But Chris, I take it you've got a different view on it considering the result? Not really, no. I, I would agree with you. I don't think it was that good a game. I think the conditions weren't great. I think neither team really played the ball on the, the ground. Uh, so almost played into the, the bad conditions uh, and that resulted in what was probably a pretty poor spectacle for a neutral. Obviously I'm delighted with the result but as far as the game itself goes, I've seen better. So do you think Scott, do you think it was a, a goal for Wallace? Do you think it went over the line? Oh, I think you know, after the 23 play, oh, I don't know how many the Neil McCann seen, but um, you could definitely see the ball cross the line but that, you know, that replay... In itself, you know, you could have seen three other replays before that from different angles, and you still didn't couldn't tell the weather conditions, the pace of the ball. You can't blame the linesman for not seeing it. So, you know, I I, I wouldn't have given the goal either. So it, it was a goal, but it's one of those ones that you know you, you've got no chance of actually seeing when when you're out there. Yeah, when the I seen it real time, I actually thought I hit the post the way it bounced back. Yeah, and the other thing is, no Rangers player claimed it. No Rangers player run up to referee and said, look, that's a yeah. goal, this, that, and the next thing. So when, when you don't see your, your own players going, th- thinking that's a goal, then you know what chance have you got? Yeah, I think I'd summed up that I noticed at the time when I watched the highlights that no 
player claim for it. And then I listened to it on the radio, and bizarrely, it wasn't even mentioned until half time because they'd clearly, I think they must have only got like one replay or no replay of it. So they'd not even, it not even been a talking point to them until someone obviously told them at half time that the big discussion is that Rangers had a goal that was disallowed or wasn't given. So yeah, I don't think anyone can really can blame that that one for not getting given. And by all accounts, from what I saw in the highlights, it seemed like Celtic certainly edged it. And uh, it's a fair old turnaround for them, considering a couple of months ago, people were talking about them being out of the title race completely. Yeah, that's Scottish football, though. I think when they were 15 points behind, all the Rangers fans were thinking, yep, that's it, Leagues one, done and dusted. And, you know, they still had two games, Celtic still had two games in hand. So, you know, you, you, you obviously think that they're going to get those six points. And, you know, now it's all turned around. Celtic are two points ahead. And there's a lot of Celtic fans thinking, yep, that's us, we've won the league now. And a lot of Rangers fans are certainly thinking, you know, this is the end, that'll request this, that, and the next thing. And there's so many twists and turns still to go. You know, I don't understand why fans, as soon as they fall into second place, start thinking that's it, title over. Yeah, yeah I don't get it either. I mean, the the nine games that Celtic have won in a row now, the, uh, there's only really been one of those nine games that looked comfortable, and that was the 5-0 against St Mirren. But uh, what, the other eight games in that run have all been close, sort of 1-0, 2-1 kind of wins. So although there's, there's been a good bit of consistency from Celtic, I think there's still that chance that they'll, they'll drop just a wee bit and they'll start dropping points again, which will obviously give Rangers a chance to come back. I think the big significant thing of the whole lot has been the, the loss of Stephen Naismith because that seems to have coincided with Rangers' drop-off in yeah. form. Yeah, I think, he was, I think he was vital really for linking up the, the midfield and the attack. And without him, they just don't really have that. Davis... He should be able to, to do that role, but this season he's, and particularly in that old firm game, he was just vacant. Just wasn't at the races, and you look at who else there is in midfield, Edu, McCulloch, that's that's not really their role. But don't you think that McCoy's got a few sirens there that he's just not given the chance to really have a go at it? Like Bedoya and Mackay, he's just never, you know, they seem to be a wee bit more creative than McCulloch and Edu, which isn't hard. But McCoy just seems to just go with the old players they can trust. It has been has been strange. He had done the same at the start of the season with Wild. I know there was a contract negotiations on the go, but he was very reluctant to play him when the the team was really screaming out for that. But yeah, one thing about McCoy, he was bringing in Bendixson. He seems pretty I'm pretty impressed with what he's got to give. I think he could be that that guy that we're looking for to link the midfield and the attack, but. He's a bit young and I'm not really sure he can do that consistently. The other thing that I would mention about the game, just for a, a wee bit of, um, you know, poke the bear, the SFA, was the Mulgrew dive. Is that a two-game ban? I see, you know, I can't remember that. I've seen a, people, a few people mention this. I have absolutely no recollection of this it was, dive at all. Where was, was it? There was a free kick. I think it was Davis. He came inside. Davis stuck a leg out, brought it back in. And Mulgrew basically, you know, as the SFA must put it, conned the ref. To be honest, I would have done the exact same thing. If somebody sticks out a leg, I try and, you know, buy a free kick. I, you know, I've got no problem with that. But, you know, once... Shock it! When I look at it, oh, that's, I mean, that's football. Once a Luko done it, though, the SFA set a precedent. And I've never come out and said, oh, it's because he's in the box. It's just because he conned the referee. So by that, that same token, then maybe they should bring back the Mulgrew situation. Because that led to a free kick, which McGregor then saved, and it went out for a corner and all the rest of it. So I don't know quite how it all... I think it's just a good way for the SFA to say, right, OK, this is the rule. 
Because if it is just because he's in the box, then fair enough. Or because they've won a penalty or, or the opposition's been booked because no player at Rangers got booked, then that's fair enough. I don't mind as long as the SFA come out and say, right, OK, this is the actual rule. Does, it, does somebody have to put in a complaint? Did somebody put in a complaint no. against Aluko, for example? It's, or I think it's the compliance officer just has to bring it up. Because I don't think anybody made a complaint about Aluko. No, not that I'm aware of. I'm fairly sure it's the, the compliance officer that picks up on these things and... Yeah. I would agree. I mean, if 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 it has been a dive, and I can't I can't say I remember the incident, so I can't really say either way. But if it's been a dive, it shouldn't matter whether it's inside the box or outside the box or whatever, because all these things do have a a place in the game. That the they change the direction of what the the flow of the game is at any point in time. So I don't see why that should make any difference. The other thing I'd back up on this compliance officer bit, and it's just because it's obviously be a bit of a review of 2011 as well, is. Are the old firm, and I know people are going to hate me on the forums for saying this, but are we getting more, because we get more media coverage, you know, every game seems to be a Rangers or Celtic away game, are we then more susceptible to this compliance officer? Yeah, I would think definitely, yeah, yeah, I think. Because, you know, the Hibs incidents don't really come up to it, um, and there must be other things that happen in, you know, St Mirren, Dunfermline, even a wee team like Hearts, and it just, you know, you don't get it. <laughs> I think even looking, yeah, looking beyond the SPL. We have said in the podcast before, though, I mean, you don't get, you do, there's some incidents in games, it's not on TV, and you get, like, one angle, and it's not even just that it's live, you know, it's some grounds, I think it is, you get, like, one camera angle for everything, and you can tell, you can tell when it's a replay, it's just a zoom of the main camera as opposed to being behind the goal or along the touchline or something, so... <laughs> I get what you're saying there, but I mean, what can you do about that? Just because one person why, doesn't so get why, punished. Why then do you have the the compliance officer then if you can't get the same things? Because another thing that you forget is all these teams have like security cameras. All these teams have their own kind of TV network as well, so they probably do have more than the one Sky or BBC camera. Yeah, surely the compliance officer's job on a Monday morning is to sit and watch all the games from the weekend. Yeah, and it, obviously things will get flagged up to him. Obviously, he's got other people working around that will say, oh, you should check out this Aberdeen Hearts game because, you know, such and such a person's did something wrong, this, that, and the next thing. You know, I, I, I don't think you can bring in a rule that's obviously going to hamper two teams more than everybody else just because they seem to be the ones that are picked on by Sky and BBC. You become susceptible to the, the BBC's five minutes sort of highlights yeah. package. Yeah. And then you can watch the, the highlights from the Celtic Rangers game on Wednesday night and you won't, you won't see the Charlie Muldrew incident you're mentioning. You won't see the tackle by David Healy on James Forrest, which a lot of my friends were claiming was a red card. I still haven't seen it. Was, it. it was horrible. Yeah, was I, I don't know if it was a red card. I've only seen it the, the once in live. But, but yeah, it was late. It was it was rough. It was high. It was, it was late. I, I give it as a striker's challenge, but that's no excuse. You know, he shouldn't have went in for it. He, you know, he dived in without any concern for the other players so it's definitely a red card in my book that one so moving on to the the next game up in the the SPL which was Hibs against Inverness which finished 1-1 I went for a 1-0 victory to Inverness Laurie you'd been a bit more confident a bit more biased towards Hibs and went for a (laughs) 2-2 draw but I I I never back against them as long as you keep that up for the, the new year game Aye, so I thought that the goals, both goals were pretty superb, and especially Johnny Hayes, who picked the ball up in his own half, and I don't know how he had enough breath by the time he reached the edge of the box to hit that shot, because I know I would have been done by about 15 yards into my run. That's why you're sitting here talking about it, and he gets paid to do it. Exactly, (laughs) yeah. Oh, no, it was a cracking goal, aye, cracking goal. 
And yeah, Gary O'Connor's as well. Yeah, I thought goals it was a couple of decent goals. Aye, it's amazing actually. I mean, it's certainly coincided with a bit of, well, I was going to say a dip in form by Hibs, but I think Hibs have had a dip in form for about <laughs> a couple of seasons now. <laughs> but yeah, it was a decent couple of goals. Uh, disappointing attendance, but what do you expect? Easter Road. I had to get a dig in there somewhere. I'm sure one stand will be full this weekend. That's what I've been posting. That's been my favourite <laughs> post on Twitter and Facebook just now. That's the heart end sold out, so at least we'll have one full stand. But in saying that, there's only there's still 4,000 left, but I think at least that means there'll be 16 plus, so it's won't be too bad, I suppose. But yeah, that big, horrible, empty stand that the camera faces is never too nice to no. look at, is it? It's quite crazy, Laurie, though, that you know, you've all got all the fans, your stadium gets filled up, yet they've got all the money. <laughs> <laughs> They don't. They don't spend any though. Oh, <laughs> that's neither here nor there. They don't spend it on the wages anyway. Ah, I don't know where that money goes. <laughs> back so the the, the next game up was uh, the Motherwell against Dunfermline game, which was postponed due to storm damage. So I'm not sure if one of the stands blew away or what happened there. Maybe the whole the, place. Whole, the whole stadium blew away, tipped over. <laughs> Somebody filmed it out the window. That <laughs> doesn't exist. Oh my god! Oh my god! Stadium, stadium. So it always seems to be far apart. But these things happen to. If there's a flood, it's far park. If there's some, if there's no grass, it's far park. If there's storm damage, it's far park. They must have their own weather system up in Motherwell. It's oh, the famous Lanarkshire microclimate that I've heard of. Yeah. <laughs> Hamilton never seems to get affected by it. Fun enough. That's just that's just despite Motherwell. That's all that is. <laughs> So the next game up is St. Johnson against Kilmarnock, which was picked as a Paul Band. Laurie picked this one. So I followed that lead and went for a, a 0-0 as well. But the game itself finished 2-0 and my man Sandaza popped up again. As, as usual. usual. I popped up that double. <laughs> He's been linked to Rangers. 12. So is that all down to you, Craig? No, I'm his agent. So that's it. That's I, I leaked the story. Yep. 12 and 16, though. I mean, I think I said in the forum that I think... I don't think he'd be a bad sign for Rangers, but if he was supposed to be a replacement for Jelovic, if he left, then I certainly think Rangers have got serious issues if, if that's going to be the the kind of the swap. Well, Rangers always needed another striker in the summer. So if Jelovic goes, you'll need two. So yeah. if, that's, if that's the case, then I don't mind Sandaza coming in, seeing how he gets on, but with somebody a bit more potential, you know, with a transfer fee. But that's all dependent on what you know, Craig White's going to actually do, if anything. Well, I like and, well with Kelly and Sheridan. You could always sign him. <laughs> that would probably be the biggest disaster ever, but uh, <laughs> maybe even more of a disaster than, you know, Sheridan's tash or his jumper at Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> so do you think St. Johnson can really push for third place? Or do you think that they're, they're going to fall away come the end of the season? I, th- I think if they can hold on to Sandaza, they've got a good chance. I think that seems to have been the... The problem they've had in the recent weeks, he had been out injured and uh, St. Johnson had that wee dip in form and now he's back, he's scoring goals and St. Johnson are catching up with Motherwell again. So I think if they can hold well, on to him, they've got a good chance. But if he goes, There's no standout team. I mean, there's no standout team at all. I mean, Motherwell are up there, but uh, even Motherwell then... they I... there all season, I think. They've probably been pretty much the standout out of them all. If they've been there all season, that's a good bit of consistency. But what I mean is, you sit there and look at them and you don't think that Motherwell have got bags of quality ahead of everyone else. They're a bit iffy at home. St Johnston seem, they play again, a bit iffy at home. Hearts, who knows what players we'll have after yeah. January. And we're absolutely dire away. 
And they've, I mean, even the likes of, I mean, I can't see them pushing for a third, but you've got other teams who can, who can beat all those teams as well. I, I think it's open still, Mullerwell. Even Dundee United might come back. They kind of often have a good second half to the season, so I wouldn't write them off completely. But we're writing off the Edinburgh teams. No, I, see, I, what I mean my heart is you just don't know what, after January, you don't know what position we're going to be in. I mean, I wouldn't be wholly surprised if end of season we finished third. I wouldn't be wholly surprised if end of season we were ninth. Uh, after January, ask yeah. me then. <laughs> I was say, have you still got in January? That would be your uh, thing. Who problem. still wants to play? If we're still here in February, that's surely a positive. <laughs> Sandaza's second goal came in injury time. Did Kenny Shields complain about it, Rusty? <laughs> Did someone someone mention that it was after 46 minutes again? I think his, maybe his team should just start realising that the game doesn't last just 45 and 90 minutes, shouldn't they? Do they just walk off at 45 minutes? <laughs> That's it. Aye, the board gets held up, right? One minute, and then he's got to stop watching, right? Lads, off the pitch, off the pitch. So the, the final game on Wednesday was St Mirren against Dundee United, which finished 2-2. And as I was watching the, the Old Firm game, the, the goals kept popping up in the bottom of the screen. And with the quality of the Old Firm, I really wish I was watching this one. Although, I don't know if the, the quality was as good throughout the whole game, but it was definitely a good spell when they scored four goals. Yeah, eight minutes it took to get the four goals. Crazy. But uh, yeah, I think it was one major, one game majorly affected by the wind. Again, seemed to be causing all sort of havoc. And I think uh, both managers were kind of moaning about it a bit before kick-off and saying it was going to be an awful game. And I think one thing that the pundit said in BBC was that what they should, you know, the manager's like, well, every time you kick the ball in the air, it floats away. And he's like, well, they should assure this is the game that you should try and play football more because keeping it on the ground makes more sense if as soon as it goes in the air, it's going to be blown all over the place. But yeah, entertaining, I suppose, in terms of goals. And it was one cracking goal by Kerry. Yeah, that, he curled that in the top corner. That was that was off the ground. Didn't seem to bother him with the, the conditions in that goal. Yeah, I like how casual it was as well. They just almost put no effort into it. They just did not want that game cancelled. You know, yeah. I doubt, yeah. you know, a point away, you know, Paisley, especially, you know, you look at the Rangers results, not a bad result for Dundee United. So, you know, I think he'd probably be happier with that than a postponement, surely. Second game of recent weeks, Peter Houston's complained about the weather, actually. He was, I think it was a, a game at Firth Park he was complaining about that none of the teams were able to play that well because of the conditions. And funnily enough, that, if, if he said exactly the same for this game, then Danny Lennon was the complete opposite. He was praising the players for having put in such a good performance in the conditions. A bit of a random moment, but did any is hear the, the St Mirren fans cheering when Dixon played the ball down the line for Mackay Stevens to cross for the second goal? Aye, they were cheering because obviously they thought. They were cheering because it was going yeah. to be a goal kick. Yeah. Ah. Oh, oh no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but I like to have seen their faces. <laughs> it's always like premature cheering. Yeah, aye. So that brings us to the end of the, the review of the SPL games. And the next thing up that I'd like to play is the highlights from me. Obviously, I've appeared in 25 episodes, so there's plenty of embarrassing things that I've said. So enjoy. Hello, I'm Craig and I'm the founder of Scottish Football Forums. I was described as sounding like Reverend I.M. Jolly. Oh yeah, I think that's Craig's default position by the way, it's just boring. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. Maybe you should put a different, maybe you should try and do it in the style of someone. What, like a, an, an Indian or something? I, I don't know what kind of accent you want me to put on. What do you reckon, Scott? 
It looks a bit like Willow Flood, so maybe an Irish one. <laughs> right, I'm gonna I'm gonna ignore that. I'd had a few beers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, well, hopefully I wasn't too drunk when we were speaking, but uh, eight or nine pints of beer. I am good, I'm good. I'm sitting enjoying my, my nice John Smiths. Yeah, I have had a, a, a half a glass of Jack Daniels, but that's some Dutch courage. I'm on to my pint of Budweiser just now. And St Johnson went through a, a period where, well, they couldn't buy a goal. Until Sandaza seemed to turn up, and was it? I think we mentioned earlier in the podcast it was five goals in two games. Are you Sandaza's agent? <laughs> I've heard <laughs> you say that about ten times in the past two podcasts. And I went for a, a 1 1 draw there with Sandaza scoring St Johnson's goal. Sandaza, of course, is going to be the scorer for St Johnson. I'm going to go for a 2 0 victory to St Johnson and Sandaza to score first. Right, I'm going to be specific with my goals here because Ndaza is definitely going to score. Here we go again. I hope you get a good agent fee for this movie that you're lining up for him. I, well, he delivered this week, <laughs> this weekend. My uh, father has pointed out in the last couple of podcasts that you have too many I think he said too many misuses of the past participle by yourself <laughs> it's easy for you to say as, yeah. I think as in um, a bit too much of I'd went or Laurie had went when it could just be I went now I'm going to be paranoid <laughs> prediction wise I had went for a 2-0 victory to Celtic yeah I'd went for I'd went for a 0-0 Scott I'd went for 1-0. I'd went for a 1-0 victory in a predictor. Danny, he'd went 2-1. John had went for a 1-1. I'm not sure of the rule, to be honest. I'm just not very good at it. To be honest, it wouldn't be very difficult to get better than me. I'll get my thesaurus out for next week to see if I can think of something different to say. Another £20 monthly prize, I believe, isn't there, Craig? So Whoop, whoop. Even yeah. a whoop, whoop isn't exciting. Who <laughs> <laughs> can manage that? I, I, I tried to make it sound exciting, Scott. You're just being mean now, Scott. Right, after listening to those highlights, I've decided that I'm not going to drink ever again during a podcast because I start to slur my words. It doesn't sound very good. I'm surprised how much I got into your highlights. That's how bad you must have been if I've taken over this. <laughs> I think you could have... You got in there because you, you slide Craig so much. <laughs> yeah, I think the, the first couple of podcasts were particularly bad as, as the nerves and the alcohol took over. And there was a couple of podcasts I, I'd wake up the next morning and think, what did we discuss last night? I can't remember. So, so yeah, it's going to be... That's always good because that means you get a listen and then that's you got a download straight away. <laughs> yeah, so it's going to be water from now on from me. And I'm going to try, I'm going to try and get the had went, try and just block that out, <laughs> never again. I haven't heard past participle since I was in school, <laughs> before this podcast. <laughs> Every day's a school day, Chris. I have to say, Craig, I'm... that you've improved a lot since the, the first show, and, you know, I think probably the same goes for Laurie, and, but then that's not hard since it took us about four hours to do that first show, so... <laughs> it did. <laughs> <laughs> Chris thinks we're joking, but honestly, it did take us about four hours. 
I've, I've recorded a few of these, but I've taken uh, more than the, the scheduled hours, shall we say. Yeah, we did one where we, we looked through the financial report, and we must have spent about an hour talking on that alone, and we just had to cut it totally. Cut <laughs> out, it was just too much. <laughs> All that good banter, Laurie, as we're pouring over the figures. So I thought next up we'd, we'd discuss the, the best bits of 2011. Laurie started up a, a topic on the forum, just asking for people's opinions. Just the best bits for the, not just this season, but going back to the end of last season. What was your best bits in Scottish football? Chris, I'll let you go first. No, you, at least two of you are going to hate this, but my favourite had to be the 3-0 game at uh, Celtic Park back in February. Not, not so much for what went on on the pitch. It was a good game and all, but I think that was one of the, the best atmospheres I've heard at Celtic Park in like, the 20 years I've been going. It was just absolutely phenomenal. I don't like that you said at least suggesting that all three of us might have not liked that. <laughs> what are you trying to say? <laughs> I thought you might not care, Warren. <laughs> I, I don't, but you know what? There's always those sly digs that, uh, that we do care. <laughs> and By we, I mean Hearts fans, of course. Yeah, well, I think for me anyway, I think it was when Rangers won the league, the the last day of the season, when we were playing against Kilmarnock, and I was in a pub, the the game had kicked off. <laughs> you spent all your time in a pub? <laughs> the, the game had just kicked off, so I thought, right, I'll go to the bar, get myself a pint, went to the bar, it was quite busy, so standing waiting, hadn't been served, Rangers scored their first goal, still waiting to be served, Rangers scored their second goal. And then just as I was served, I was actually served by my, a mate of mine who's a Celtic fan. So it was a wee added bonus to be served my first pint after pretty much sealing the, the league at that point. And the look on his face, not only the fact that he had to work, but that it was all over within about five, ten minutes. I like how Craig, it's fitting that Craig's favourite moment is, uh, isn't actually at a game. But... <laughs> In a pub. <laughs> Fun enough, exactly the same time. I mean, obviously, we, I was at Celtic Park that day and uh, we heard the news coming through that Rangers were already 3 0 up. And it, it, it almost kind of settled us down because it's, we were never going to win the league that day. And we almost got into enjoying the game that was, was in front of us rather than worrying about what was going on elsewhere. And that turned out to be a good day itself, even though we, we didn't uh, win the trophy in the end. Obviously, Rangers winning the league was great. It was on my birthday as well, so that was an added bonus. But it was probably the game before that at Ibrox with Walter Smith's farewell. Yeah, yep. It was absolutely pouring down, but everybody stayed back. And, you know, he, he brought out his family, you know, the whole team went round. And I thought, you know, it was a really nice moment. He's obviously, in my eyes, a legend. So, you know, I thought that was really nice, fitting way to actually say goodbye. Um, also, for... Just an advert for Scottish football. I really enjoyed the Kilmarnock Celtic three three all game, and I think that's you know kind of spurred Celtic on um, because I think you know it was, you know it was a definitely a game of two halves in the sense of Kilmarnock came out they were really positive three 0 up, and then the second half obviously Neil Lennon had you know strong words to say to his team and they, they came out admirably brought it all back and could have you know almost won it, um, so I think. For a game of football, that was a great game of football for Scotland. You're right. It, it was it was superb in the first half. It was it was unbelievable how Kelly were were kind of running away with it. The the mistakes that were getting made and and then in the second half, I Celtic they could have easily won it eh, because they, they scored the, the goals quite early on and they, they maybe had about ten minutes left at the end where I they were the, they were the team that were going to be coming away with the three points if if any of them were. But so having said that, even the last couple of minutes, I think Kilmarnock had the better chances that game. There was, yeah, a, there was certainly an yeah. option right in front of the goal that he missed. Yeah, Kilmarnock did have one right at the end that they should have actually wrapped it up, but um, it was 
the the heart that Celtic showed that you know that second half. You know, the first half it was a write off, but the second half, you know, I think it's all fair play to a team when you come back from three goals like that. It's gonna, it sums up uh, Hearts' year that my moment of the year is going to be dating back to January. Um, and it was an awful game as well, but it was when we beat Rangers 1-0 when we were on that run and I think we closed the gap to about seven to the top of the table and we still had the, a game in hand. And it was it, it was a, it was just a game where for once we played absolute rubbish against Old Firm and we actually were the team who somehow sneaked a win at the end after Rangers probably should have put a couple past us. And it almost gave us that little belief that maybe we could do something, you know, that moment of blind optimism before it all f- fell apart. So, yeah, Ryan Stevenson scoring the winner against Rangers back in January. Probably have to be that. Who was that? <laughs> Who scored the winner? Can't mind. Who's he again? <laughs> <laughs> He's your favourite player, is he not? In Scotland, call up and everything. Oh, I know, I know. How things have fallen from grace. Huh? So on the forum, there was uh, a couple of members, JHR and, well, JHR and me, both mentioned the, the Kilmarnock game when Rangers won 5-1. Charlie Boy mentions last night, obviously in reference to the, the old firm game. I was going to say, what, EastEnders? What happened last night? <laughs> JB mentions Talbot winning the, the Scottish Junior Cup. And he also mentions Aberdeen's injury time equaliser against St Mirren in the Scottish Cup. And the grumpy old man says the he thinks the, the turnaround in points difference to put Celtic top of the SPL for the new year. So it has been some turnaround. Japester typically said the Samaras holding his head in his hands after that penalty miss. Or we Neil holding his head in his hands after getting pumped by ICT. But then he says, uh, nah, probably unfurling the flag Ibrox for the third year in a row. But yeah. <laughs> Or uh, Greg, one man clapping also, I don't know, did you get that one? Big John Sutton completing Motherwell's comeback from three down against Hearts at Tynecastle, which was also his wee boy's first Motherwell game too, which made it that wee bit more special. Over the 25 episodes, we've had quite a number of guests come on and Laurie's been busy beavering away and he's produced <laughs> a, a beavering away, Laurie, yep. He's been beavering away producing a highlights reel. How uh, many times are going to get beavering then? <laughs> <laughs> Which includes every guest that we've had on. And I made so, a whole enjoy. Dam. I managed to get a whole dam made just for the guests. <laughs> Beaver, get it? No. Yeah, it just wasn't funny. <laughs> right, we'll <just> moving on. <laughs> moving on. And joining us is the, the owner of thefootyblog.net, Scott. I interviewed uh, Dan Brennan and he was the translator for uh, Romanov. He was on a, they were going to play Inverness Cali and he, they were driving up and he was driving past this farm. They seen sheep in the farm and he said to his driver, turn in here. So the driver turns in and he says to, to Dan, he says, right, you go speak to the farmer and tell him I want to buy a sheep. Cut it all up so they can have a feast on the way home. Joining us on the second podcast is a, a special guest, I told Fraser that to call him special, a, a sports journalist, Fraser. Hello Fraser. How you doing guys? There is no or very little coverage of football tournaments uh, that, isn't, that aren't a major championship during the summer and uh, you know it would almost overlap the English Premiership if it was to play the normal time and the normal schedule, the Scottish uh, Premier League was to play 
in different months and all of a sudden you've got 12 months worth of football so Joining us as our guest this week is somebody who also writes for our blogs and somebody who I've played football with for probably more than five years. Good evening, Mark. Good evening. It's been about five or six years now, Craig, I think. It has, aye, every Friday night, yep. And it's, there's no moral high ground in saying, oh yeah, I support Rangers in Europe. I just think that it's good for Scottish football, but like he says, it's a logical way of thinking about it. It's as long as you're out in the open with it and say, no, I don't support rivals, then I think it's okay. You can have a bit of one up and ship, like you say. Bringing back a guest from a couple of weeks ago, we have John. Looking at yesterday's game, a couple of things stood out pretty obvious to the fans anyway. There was no width at all on the left. We were playing Bardsley and Naismith, who both wanted to cut inside. And also, for us playing five in midfield, the midfield wasn't really, really narrow. Because Morrison and Naismith kept on wanting to come in and play central inside. special guest is somebody from the forum who goes under the name of One Man Clapping and his, his real name is Greg. Yeah, there's, of course there's no truth in the rumour that it was just a last minute replacement for uh, Derek Ray that couldn't make it of course, but you know, we won't mention that. <laughs> so we have a Tory activist and also a Hearts fan joining us this evening. Uh, hello Ian. Hi guys, thanks for having me on. Clubs across the country are looking at doing up their stadiums. I do, I think there should be that extra leeway that a club can decide, let's have a standing area here. And I think the clubs would decide that they wanted to do that. You know, the appetite is there from the supporters. We've got a guest who's making his debut this evening and he is on the forum as Danny1888. And he's on Twitter as well as Danny Ferris. It's all about Lee Griffiths' temperament, I think. Even as a youngster, I've played against him a few times, and he was, well, a bit of a hothead, to be quite honest. We're joined by a special guest, Tom, who comes from scottishfootballblog.co.uk. Actually, Jeffries, although I agree entirely with what you're saying, he's not the sort of manager that Hibs have gone for. He was captain of the 7-0 game and uh, manager when we beat them 6-2, so he has a connection with our great moments. This week we're joined by a special guest, Chris. Hello Chris. Hi Craig. Hi Laurie. The most adventurous we got was playing Jamie Mackey for the first time of the year. And to be fair, he did have a good game. He had a, he had a good few runs and uh, the second goal was possibly better than the first in my opinion, but I'm a sucker for a jinky run. So this week we're joined by a Celtic fan and a, a member of the, the forum. Hello John. Yeah, I mean, it, it maybe just shows you that Celtics aren't out of the jet. But the first half was 2-0 going on 20 now. Me and you both failed, Craig, didn't we? Oh! oh it's no, no surprise that... <laughs> Did you just stand on your cat there? <laughs> is that a guest? Is that the other guest member? <laughs> a special guest, Wendy the cat. <laughs> I 
Aye, good work there in the highlights, Laurie. Aye, some good comments in there. It was uh, Ian McGill mentioning the, the standing at football. So that was interesting to hear that. Now that the SPL has decided to consider that on an individual basis. I never realised we had so many po- uh, guests on the podcast over the, the 25. That was, that's quite a lot. I mean, you even had a Tory activist in though. <laughs> Why was that so <laughs> prominent that you had to bring up that he was a Tory activist? Because he was going to uh, promote standing at football if he got voted in. That was one of his big things. So uh, that's why that so, was mentioned. But I think he was a, a former Tory member. I'm, I'm not sure. <laughs> he used to be bad, but he's okay now. It's going to say, he's, he's changed, man. I think by far and away, my favourite guest of all that's been on, and the only one I've possibly agreed with everything I've said, has to be Wendy. <laughs> <laughs> Wendy's not been on it today, actually. She's behaving. She's asleep. Actually. <laughs> no wonder listening to this. <laughs> <laughs> now, I think I think we've done this the wrong way around, Laurie, because we've we've spoke about the positives, but now we're going to start speaking about the negatives. Scottish football. I will. So, before we, we should have done it the other way, so we don't end. Oh, ah, it's just the way it goes, isn't it? You get that that sense yeah. of that false sense of optimism to begin with before you remember that it's Scotland. So, I already started a, a topic up in the, the forum, just asking what your, your worst moments in Scottish football of 2011. So, Scott, what do you think? Um, I think Europe's not been too kind to Scottish football, apart from, obviously, Celtic got back in um, through, you know, obviously, a wee loophole, which is, you know, fine. It does well for our coefficients, and Celtic actually benefit, benefited benefited, I'll get that right, the third time, um, from it because I think they actually done well against Udinese and, you know, Bet Ren and things like that. But I think, you know, the qualifying campaign for the for that to try to get into Europe for the Scottish teams was absolutely horrendous. But, you know, Hearts did beat Packs and that was good, but, you know, then get humiliated by Tottenham at Tyne Castle. So I think Europe's been a, a bit of a disappointment this year. For me, I think it's quite obvious the worst moment or worst part of 2011 has been the the unrest at Tyne Castle which I suppose isn't unexpected to get it pretty much every year these days but it's been especially bad and the non-payment of player wages I think has to has to be up there with just basically bringing the, the club down to, to new lows who, who could have thought <laughs> they could that Romanov could do it even worse than what had been previously yeah, I think that the, the Europe, Scott, I think you're right about that. And in particular, it was the night when Rangers and Celtic both played at the same time and they both got knocked out. I, again, I was in a pub watching it and I would... Was that not even out, though? <laughs> Does that make it not too bad a moment because it's cancelled well, out by the that's fact. actually one of the... I thought that's how you did look at that's it. That's one of the reasons <laughs> I think it is one of the worst moments is because it was a mixed pub and uh, there was it was split right down the middle one side watching the Rangers game, one side watching the Celtic game, and there was banter, obviously, during the game. But what was what was maybe worse than us both going out was the fact that, that both sets of fans, just a, a small number, were, were actually delighted that the other had been knocked out, and they'd almost forgotten that their own team had been knocked out. It was just, I suppose that's Scottish football, isn't it? So, Chris, what's your worst bit of 2011? Well, I would love to say that it was on the park at Inverness, but I think the, the worst part of 2011 had to be all the off-field antics that went on with, with Neil Lennon and sort of, they, they came ahead at Tynecastle with the attack and the dugout, but I, I would love to say that was beyond us now, but 
you're almost expecting it to happen again in 2012. Um, I, I would rather just speak about football than what goes on off the park. So Yeah, yeah you bring it up. Well, yeah, you did ask for. Well, it's that sense that it's just around the corner. That's the the disappointing fact that you know we have still got that sense that something might just happen just as early as a week away. Do you know what I mean? That's the the disappointing thing about the whole situation. Yeah, what really got me about the the incident at, at Tynecastle was the f- not the fact that, that Wilson came on the pitch to attack Lennon, because I do think that there is always going to be that odd idiot, there's going to be that odd individual that, that does need locked up, because they just, well, they're an idiot. But it was the, the celebrations from the fans cheering as he did it, and then almost, almost turning him into a hero in uh, games afterwards with the masks and the chants, and I just think nah, that that was the, the worst bit about that for me, was that it's not just one idiot. It's there's hundreds of them. Yeah, they've they've glorified yeah. them, which is, is a kind of shame. So I thought I'd move on to maybe a, a bit more of a, a positive note and start talking about our hopes for the the year ahead. And I thought I would start by by really bringing up the tax case with Rangers. And <laughs> how's this going to be a hope? Well, Carry I on. hope that I hope that a deal can be done. To be honest, I, th- I hope that uh, Rangers can make an offer, whether that be 10, 15, whatever. Uh, if they make an offer, hopefully it gets accepted and we can really put it behind us. Or, obviously to a lesser extent, or Rangers lose the tax case and we deal with it, but at least let it be over. At least let us move on, start talking about football again. Let's stop talking about the what-ifs. What if there's going to be a 10-point deduction, a 100-point deduction over the next 10 years or something stupid like that. I just, I want it over. Ideally, I wanted the a deal to be done, but over would be enough for me. Is what Rangers always start off offering 50 grand? Is that how we always start off negotiations? Do you think that'll work? I think that's how it has to work. Yeah, you go in there with 50 grand and they say, no, 50 million. All right, okay, I'll give you 100 grand. Aye, might take a while, but aye, I think that's the way you do it. I think that whole situation, the the main thing I've got about that whole situation is why it's taken so long. Why did it take 10 years? But when Rangers put it all out, that this is what they were doing. You know, they didn't hide it. It's not as if it's been hidden from anybody that it's taken the tax man Ten years to say, actually, no, you've been doing something wrong. How can they not have told us that two years into into the process and say, right, okay, no, actually, that's that's my main issue with that whole entire situation. Again, I hope that we can do some sort of deal, but you know, there's a lot of talk that that's not maybe what Mister White wants to do. Yeah, he wants yeah. to lose the case and you know, change name and what have you. So, Chris, what about you? What's your hopes for 2012? Well, I think you've just covered my hopes for 2012 because <laughs> my hopes are that we can talk about football, but it sounds like we're going to be starting 2012 talking about tax cases. Yeah. So um, that's, that's going to be unfortunate. But yeah, I think like but just to be able to talk about football more than anything else would be would be ideal. I think uh, hopefully we're talking about uh, the title returning to paradise. <laughs> I think that would be my major 2012 hope. And maybe like just a, a good start to the Euro twenty, uh, not Euro twenty twelve, the other one, World Cup. Yeah, aye. The, the, the World Cup uh, campaign would be we could do a good start on that. We see Scotland moving forward. I thought you were talking about Ireland two thousand and twelve. That's what I thought you were talking about. 
<laughs> and to be no. honest, I'm more interested in Poland himself. <laughs> That's it. Well, my, uh, my hope for 2012 is, again, a great title run in the league. Love it to end at the last game of the season. Obviously, Rangers winning it, but, you know, it would be great if it just got to that stage where it was the, the last game of the season. And just maybe somebody else were in the Scottish Cup or the League Cup, you know, other than Rangers and Celtic. Um, it would be quite nice as well, just for Scottish football to see somebody different. Um, preferably not Hearts. Um, yeah, just more on football rather than the politics side of things. I know I've probably been the one that's brought out the compliance officer and, you know, we've talked about tax cases and all the rest of it, but it would be nice to actually talk about some good Scottish football. Yeah. Actually, on that note, I think, I think we have to praise the, the changes that Stuart Reagan's brought in at the SFA because I think there's been a lot of good work done over the last 12 months to, to streamline things there. And they do think, my things aren't perfect, but they do seem to have improved quite a lot. If only they'd just given Gary O'Connor that two-game ban. Well, I think the fact that they're dealing with the, the appeals, they're dealing with it pretty much instantly. Was it Glenn Levens that <laughs> uh, Celtic appealed that and you had to wait something like two months for the appeal to be heard? Yeah. And I think I think that's just that's just farcical. Yeah, the, the things are getting... Like, people are getting sent off on the Saturday and then by the Thursday they've had their appeal heard already, so the things are getting dealt with. The only one fun enough that hasn't been dealt with quickly is uh, the Lee McCulloch one, obviously. But you can almost make a a case for that because it's a festive period and nobody else is at work, so why should the SFA yeah. be at work? But I think it's also, is it not because it's a straight red, that gives strangers time to look at it and all the rest of it? It's probably more timing issues. I think the compliance officer, when he works, he works straight away. I think that's the difference. I don't think he actually comes into it in that situation. Right. Um, and I think, you know, I honestly think it would be much better for the game if we just had the SPL, SFL, and SFA as one organising body, I don't, I don't think Scottish football is big enough to have three sort of institutions like that, and I prefer it all to be, you know, streamlined in that sort of situation. Yeah, I just can't see the SPL going for that because they seem to be intent on domination with a idea for the SPL two, and then I'm sure that will lead on to to three and four. I think that they just seem to be concerned with themselves. Which is not great for the Scottish no. game because when it's what eleven to one vote, you know, when two teams decide that no, we're not having this, you know, how does that work? You can't get everybody on side. Surely it has to go to you know at least a twelve four or something yeah. like that. Uh, no, not twelve four. That's eight four. <laughs> <laughs> that's what that's what twelve twelve four sounds good to me. Let's have a sixteen team league. Well, yeah, yeah. Love us. Well, I didn't like about all the discussions on the, the reorganisation was Doncaster kept coming out and he'd, he'd organise a meeting and then at the end of the meeting he'd come out and say, well, it looks like they're not going to vote for what I propose, so we'll have another meeting to discuss it. I'm like, no, wait a minute, just have the vote, accept that nobody wants your 10 team, and then move on and start discussing something else. Yeah, they, they seem to have a lot of meetings with no votes. Yeah, aye, it's, it's, all to, it's all to benefit the, the SPL as a company. That's, that's the way I see it. Yeah, it's all to benefit the members as they are just now and not anything else. You know, as long as they get there. They don't want to have two teams relegated because that means more chance of their team being relegated. Obviously, you know, you'd probably take Rangers and Celtic out of that equation. But, you know, everybody else will let be there. No, we don't We don't want to actually get relegated. So we'll just keep it to one. And you're like, well, no, you know, it makes it more interesting. More fans will turn up if they think their team's got a chance of getting relegated just to support yeah, their yeah. team. So, Laurie... What about you? What's your hopes for next year? Hopes for next year? 
better internet connection. <laughs> yeah, people are wondering why I'm so quiet, and it's because of technical issues that I'm not here most of the time. You know, uh, 2012. What's that? A Hearts football team. 2012 to still have Hearts. Well, I think we'll have a. We've only got two days to go, so I'm pretty sure we'll last till then at least. Um, pay our players a bit of stability. I'm, I'm, I'm strangely optimistic. The eternal optimist that. The fact that we're going to be playing a few younger players, I'm quite looking forward to seeing the likes of Jason Holt getting a more prolonged game. So, cut down the wage bill, pay the players that we do have left. Um, as for, I don't know, league position, it's it's too uh, it's too much short term worries to start thinking about where we're gonna where we're gonna finish in the league quite yet. Just some sort of stability, please. But I seem to say that most years, so. And Laurie, you also got some highlights of your your own. You you must have listened to quite a lot of material to to whittle it down to a few minutes. Yeah, well, it's basically highlights of me ranting. Um, mine aren't quite as good because I've, I've not got so many one-liners like you, so it's uh, it's not quite as effective. Eh? <laughs> but you, yeah, you... I never listened to Laurie's. You sent them all to us to listen to, and I just skipped in. You there was no highlights with Laurie, so I just skipped that. <laughs> It's just me using the, the forum to to vent vent certain disagreements and and opinions. So uh, enjoy the highlights and also enjoy the backing track, which is one of Laurie's favourites. <laughs> we used to go together. And once again, we're joined by a very happy Laurie this evening. Am I not usually happy? Like? <laughs> Back to your point, shock, Laurie's gone off on a tangent. Um, yeah, the main point I was saying, it's gone too far now that everyone does it. It looks like if there's any brush, any nick, you know, any contact at all, then that's cue to to throw yourself to the ground and it should be a penalty. And the way we played at home to Liechtenstein as well, I mean, that was one of the worst performances. The only, that's the thing, the one game we've won, we were absolutely dreadful. God, let people celebrate. I mean, what do we want people just to turn around and jog back, not react to things. It's, it's football, it's, it's passion, and that's why it's so great, and that's why we all love it. I think handballs are given far too much sometimes. That wasn't the worst result in the world, but Lithuania aren't even as good as they once were. And I should know my Lithuanian football, I support hearts. So, uh, <laughs> Oh no, there's a bit of a, 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 a apparently a bit of a, an anti-Aberdeen person on the forum, so I better not say too much. Um, I want Aberdeen to do well all the time. I mean, Aberdeen's still going about it, and that happened before I was born, and the competition doesn't even exist anymore. <laughs> that sums up Aberdeen fans in one in one moment there. <laughs> you know, we once I wasn't even born, so you know I don't count that. It didn't happen. <laughs> I like how you slipped that in the conversation. (laughs) (laughs) I would say that Rangers and Celtic have a very good chance of progressing. Maribor. (laughs) What was that, Laurie? Is that a a horse came into your kitchen? Is it a horse again? Um... Um, There's a horse again. Did he buy a helicopter that time? <laughs> Coming back to haunt me now. We 
hands are there. I mean, you can't cut them off. That's another thing. One relegation. Sometimes you go four or five teams doing really well in the first division. Only one of them gets to go up. Technical term, I think, is that he shat it. That language allowed on this podcast. You're getting fined, like. <laughs> I'm getting a fine. Oh, Jesus. Yeah, I was quite chuffed at that. So, Laurie, I'm glad that you managed to fit in the, the horse in your highlights. Yep, or the, or the helicopter. The helicopter <laughs> horse. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not made a return, but uh, we'll see. Maybe maybe soon in the, the new year. Well, I mean, I was, I was getting laughed up for uh, its opinion on the Celtic Rangers in Europe, and it turned out to be right. Aye, aye, it did. I think I sugar lump for that. <laughs> Although I've got to say, I mean, like the Saturdays, really? Is that your is that your favourite music? I put it. It was meant. I was trying to think of a good song to to make it funnier, and it was just because you liked in I your recently played my... list on <laughs> iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> my ex, one of my exes, once told me that I had quite a, a big ego. I need to sort out, and so I put that as my ringtone for a while, just to. <laughs> Well, it wasn't going to be the version that just can't get it off, was it? <laughs> it certainly wasn't, no. <laughs> so I think we'll move on to look at some highlights again. And I think it'd be a good idea to look at highlights from forum members. So enjoy. Got a few contributions from the forum. Sheeptastic on the forum said, 2-0 game over, that's where class tells and chances have to be taken. Hey, there's there's another one from the username is question mark apester, but we all know that it is Japester. I support anybody who's playing Celtic, so he's, he's gone straight in there, no messing about. Yeah, there's a comment from a grumpy old man as well on the forum. That is that's self named by the way. I'm not calling him that. <laughs> Black Dog immediately tried to divert the topic to Oasis being on Sky Sky Arts 1, which probably would have been a good idea. Fundy as well said, has he actually improved the team? Started off very poor, but has got, got better. The players are hardly world beaters and Scotch Bat is on its um, behind right now. One of the one of the early members, really, a guy who's been with us for quite a while, Camshy or Camshy. Got an, another comment from Goan Joke. He's a, a Celtic fan, and he says, "I like to see all Scottish teams do well in Europe." But he's he's finished it with a, a wee winky <laughs> smiley face. So I'm not sure what he's getting at there. During the week on the, the forum, Big Blue Nose Bear started a thread asking for suggestions for football players that sound like food items. Johnny Rob went for Coca Cola Touré. <laughs> Panda Monk came in with Barry Banana and Sean Baloney. Juan Pablo Angel Delight. 
It's maybe, <laughs> maybe not pronounced how it should be, but it, it fits in nicely. Theo Wall Cottage Cheese. <laughs> it maybe works better when it's written down. And Graham Soupness. No, I think he stretched that one a bit too far. <laughs> you think you think he stretched a bit far? Yeah. Coming from the person who said Kenny Miller genuine draft. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> It's not even food. <laughs> oh, that, I chose that because in Russia, the beer's classed as food stuff, so that, that counts. <laughs> Iden Sprout. See, are, are we not just talking like ingredients here? It really should have to be like a, an actual food item. Oh, right. So camel's meatballs then. How about that? <laughs> ah, <laughs> that's how you done. So I thought we'd move on and look at the, the SPL games that are coming up on the second and have an attempt at predicting. But as you know, I'm rubbish, so I wouldn't listen to my predictions. Never no. do. So the first game up is Hibs against Harps. And, well, we do have to pick a Paul Band this week. And I think I'm going to take <laughs> it upon myself to choose this match. So I'm going to go for a 0-0, a boring 0-0. Laurie's going to be so deflated. <laughs> I'm not surprised you picked it to be honest, but yeah, I hope it's not a boring nil-nil. Um, I'm going to be adventurous and go a one-one draw to be honest. <laughs> See, you know I can't, you know I can't go against Hibs, so yeah, I'll be full of excitement and optimism before it. <laughs> I hope. So, what about you, Scott? What are you thinking for the game? I think with the Hearts troubles, I think you know this might be Pat Fenley's time to really just. Turn a wee screw on his players, and I think yeah, I can see maybe a two 0 three 0 Hibs win. I think they can get something out of this. You know, have a an excuse to really go out and show their fans what this new regime's all about. Obviously, you know, certain players they might not want in, but I think the core squad's there, and I think they could actually do Hearts this week. So, what score are you given? I'll go. 2-0 Chris what are you thinking see funnily enough I think the opposite I think I think this is going to be what Hibs defence isn't great the the Hearts players might see this as a good opportunity to be on the telly maybe get a move somewhere else uh, somewhere they can get paid um, so I, th- I mean I think I think Hearts are going to win this and I think they'll be quite comfortable but I think it'll be 2-0 Hearts we've only scored four goals away from home all season yeah, but it's 2012. Things change at New Year. <laughs> the worst away record, way scoring record in Britain, and you're confident that we're going to win comfortably. Yep. Oh, well. I'll, hopefully you're right. Hopefully you're right. I kind of see it like. But... So, I noticed that none of you went for the Paul Band there, the 0 0. So, you are just dismissing the charity. You are just scrooges. <laughs> I just think like it's a... a terrible game. In fact, for it, no, no, no. no. I when was the last time it was a Habs Hearts game? It was 0 0. I don't know. Normally, you're the one with the stats, Chris. I know. And I should look this up. I didn't expect it to be a ball ban. Tibbs Hearts score, so that's how much I take interest in those two teams. So next game up is Inverness <laughs> against St. Johnson. I think I'm going to go for a St. Johnson victory, and guess what? I'm going to mention Sandaza again. He's going to score. I'm going to go 2-0 to St. Johnson. You're going to love when he moves to Rangers, so you can back him to score every I week. I still will uh, do, yep. For your own team. Um, a 1-1. Just Inverness are picking up a bit yeah. just now. Yeah, one one. That's it. Nothing more to say in it. 
Uh, one nil St Johnston. I think Lomas has got the team going a wee bit, um, and I think they'll have enough about them to, you know, beat Inverness Cali um, and some players in Danza maybe to get a goal. I don't know if you've heard of them, Craig. <laughs> no, I haven't. I don't know who you mean. You should check man. I'm going to be slightly different and go with a Dave McKay goal. It made a difference to 1-0 St. Johnson. <laughs> well, on a Sandizer. Oh, I wouldn't surprise me if Sandizer gets up. Greg, is it the face that you like about Sandizer? What, what, are you asking if I fancy him? <laughs> he's, an a, he's an athletic <laughs> chap. <laughs> <laughs> right, mo- moving on quickly from that. The, Swiftly. Uh, Dundee United against Aberdeen. I think Dundee United are going to win this one very comfortably. I'm going to go for a 3-0 victory. I'll go one less goal. I'll be kind to Aberdeen since you know, you know how much I love Aberdeen and their big their big new firm derby, he said sarcastically. Hey, don't you be uh, picking on Aberdeen nil. again. Oh, that's what I do. That's what I do. Um, 2-0 to Dundee United. Fairly comfortable, I think. Yeah, I think I'll say the same. 2-0, I've done United home advantage. Aberdeen haven't been great. It's hard to see anything else. Yeah, I've been a bit surprised how bad Aberdeen have got this season. Um, but then, I don't know why, because it always seems to happen once their manager gets into their second season. I'll go 3-1 Dundee United. That's why we change our manager every six months. Just don't get to that, that stale second season. <laughs> you better get through a stale first season. <laughs> Still first month, get rid of them. Freshen it up. So next matchup I've got is Dunfermline against Celtic. I think Celtic are going to comfortably win this and stretch their their winning streak to ten. I just Dunfermline just haven't shown a lot lately. They're just in Celtic. They're on fire. They're going to be riding high after their victory midweek. So I'm going to go for a two 0 victory to Celtic, but a comfortable two 0 Three 0 Just can't see anything else happening. The Celtic. Well, that would be bold. That would be bold. 3 0 Celtic. Yeah, I don't think the stats have got any hope for Dunfermline whatsoever. They've played nine games at home so far and haven't won yeah. any of them. Only four remember draws. Celtic are on a, a nine game run with wins. It's hard to see anything other than a Celtic win, but I think like, the, the biggest mistake Celtic made last season was after beating Rangers 3 0 in February. The next thing they did was went and get beat by Motherwell. And I think that handed. I hope after the, the big defeat and probably swung it back in Rangers' favour just a slightly. So yeah, I think sorry you go, Chris. No, I was, I was just gonna I think it's gonna it's gonna be a, a tight one for Celtic, but I, I think it'll be two one. Right. Yeah, I think it'll be closer than probably Laurie's giving the credit for. I think Dunfermline will probably be boring but defensive. And as Chris said, after old fun games, the team that wins usually doesn't have the greatest of games straight yeah, after. You're right. Yeah. I think, I think Celtic will win. I think it'll be one 0 I think again they'll get the job done, but I don't think it'll be an exciting game. I think Dunfermline will play, you know, well defensively. So I think it'll be one 0 Celtic. And the next game up is Kelly against St Mirren. I think that this is going to be a draw. Can't see anything other than a boring one-one here. No, no, Paul Band there. Yeah, just. Yeah, Kelly quite solid, but they don't seem to be scoring um, last couple of games, although then they had that freak game against Inverness. Uh, yeah, can't be bothered giving any more reasons for it. It's <laughs> nil-nil. That'll do. That'll do. 
I think we might be in for an exciting two each draw. Yeah, I think. Bye. I think the two of them have, have done well, uh, especially St Mirren's. I think St Mirren 2-1. And uh, the final game I've got here is Rangers against Motherwell. And I think the, the Rangers are going to be hurting after the, the midweek defeat. And I think that, especially since they're playing at home, they're going to have to react to that. I don't think the fans will accept anything less. So I'm going to go for a 2-1 victory to Rangers. 1-0. I think they'll bounce back. I don't think it'll be as comfortable as they'd like, but I think they'll we'll get the narrow 1-0 win. 1-0 Rangers. I think it'll be a functioning game for Rangers. I don't think it'll be anything more exciting than that. I think 2-0. Have you seen the stats for the last five games between these two? Right, go for it, Chris. Nope. <laughs> We've got Rangers winning 4-1 and 4-1 and 6-0 and 5-0 and 3-0. So, with that in mind, I'm going for another 3-0 win for Rangers. I think they're going to hammer more them. Just out of badness. <laughs> <laughs> right, so that's you... Unless, unless Motherwell were wearing their magic silver kit, of course. Let's not forget that. Oh, either lucky kit. The last score in that kit, though, again. What can't he mind? What's that? <laughs> Didn't seem so lucky, did it? Aye, Greg, Greg likes it, though. He thinks it's very fashionable. I like it. I like I it think as well. It's <laughs> <laughs> I like it as well now, 100% it, I guess it, don't we? <laughs> so another another highlights clip to, to play is probably the, the highlight of the, the entire 25 episodes for me and that is Craig Brown uh, being interviewed in a right next to the urinals <laughs> allegedly <laughs> but, you got a good name for it buddy what's that you got a good name what? for it Brown oh that, that was worse than lorries <laughs> earlier <laughs> So bad you didn't even get it. It was. Right, well, enjoy, enjoy the, the sounds of urination. Well, all I can say is that uh, I've not experienced this kind of situation before at any club or the national teams. I've never lost to, dare I not disrespect his fight, but I, I'm in a, a team from a lower division or a country from a much lower ranking. That didn't happen to me. Now, therefore, I'm hurting because it has happened. But I can see in a team, I'm looking at a football team here, and I can see what's required. But uh, that takes a bit of time to make the alterations that are required. Thanks very much, Craig. Thank you. So that clip of Craig Brown was a special request from Outside Mid, who has been very complimentary on Twitter about the podcast, a regular listener. Also got a regular listener in Canada, Steve McLeod. So hello to him. Again, he's he's been in touch and compliment the podcast, so I do appreciate that. At least we've got two listeners, you know. Add the four of us in, that takes us up to six. Aye, that's well. why we've got <laughs> two guests on, because it just doubles the, <laughs> doubles the listener. <laughs> yeah, so I thought I'd mention that there's been some technical issues during this podcast, but it's, it's all Laurie's fault. He decided to... to to get the, the cheapest broadband available. I think it's a bit of wet string he's got and he keeps disappearing. He's going down the, he's going down the Romanov route. I've got a, I've got a cup to my ear. Bit of string going all the way to Craig's. Case. That's how we're doing it. Aye. Um, so, yeah. People probably won't complain because it's meant that I've said a lot less than usual. So, it's cut the, cut the running time down a bit. <laughs> yep. So, well, th- thanks a lot, Chris. And thanks a lot, Scott, for coming on the podcast. Yeah, thanks very much. Thanks for inviting me again. 
Thank you and happy new year to you all. Happy new year to you too as well. And hope hopefully you can you can get out and and have a few cheeky beers tomorrow evening. That's the plan. I know you will. So I definitely will. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you live in a pub by the things. <laughs> Are we sure? Because there's no Rangers game on tomorrow. He might not be there. He <laughs> <laughs> might be at Ibrox. <laughs> Does he know the way? Oh, Chris. You, you're, you're as bad as Laurie. <laughs> oh, come on. Nobody's as bad as Laurie. I had, nobody's as bad as Laurie's internet connection. That's for sure. <laughs> Laurie's not getting invited back. That's what? it. He's getting sacked. <laughs> right. Thanks a lot again for, for coming on. And... Well, speak to you next week. Bye.